the greatest podcast hosted by someone who knows so precious little about eh, almost everything. A journey into the mediocre mind of an exceptionally average person. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? It is uh, Thursday, May 28th, 2020. Um, so, just wanted to start off with some serious shit. Um, I'm no longer really surprised by anything that happens in this country anymore, and I'm sure I'm not alone in that sentiment. Um, we're long past the time when shit like what happened in Minneapolis the other day simply should not have happened. And quite frankly, I'm at a loss. Um, I can't, I cannot pretend to know what the African American community goes through on a regular basis. And when shit like this happens, it must only make for an even more helpless feeling. What I think I know is that there's something definitely broken here that needs to be fixed. How? I don't know. I'm not very smart, but I'm smart enough to know when I don't know. And quite frankly, I don't know. There's nothing that I can say to have any effect or change minds, so we'll just leave it at that. But it's horrifically disappointing on a number of different levels. But that's it. Back to the nonsense. Uh... The hot weather is back, and as a fat person, I hate it. And these fucking allergies are getting on my nerves already, but... Anywho, jam-packed show today that I'm certain is to be a disappointment for all of you uh, that might be listening. If I haven't disappointed you already, if I have, you could just, you know, end it now. No sweat off my balls. Uh, got a haircut yesterday. It was fucking awesome. Um, my dear friend Ali did a another amazing job. It's a bit too short up top, I must say, but given where I was prior to walking in there, I am one thousand percent happy with it. I do. Th- I think it's going to be tough going for some of these places right off the bat because my my assumption is they're going to be swamped for a week, maybe more, but. They seem to handle it pretty well. Yesterday when I asked, I said, you know, how things have been going. Granted, it's a day and a half, not even. But they all said that, you know, everything had been going pretty good. So, you know, the hope is that uh, that continues. So, uh, Tweed Barbers, 1313 Washington Street, Boston. It's great all I can really say. Don't have anything else. So, um, I am currently two episodes into the History Channel's Grant miniseries. I've been waiting for this for a month. I was looking forward to it um, for, you know, a number of different reasons. One, I like the Civil War. I'm interested in it. I have been for a while. You know, I'm not 
obsessed. I like to think I know a little bit here and there, just like everything else. I knew, I know, you know, a little bit about way too much shit, but my right off the top, my impressions of this thing, horribly low budget. This thing has apparently Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, name attached to it. My my assumption is that he did not contribute dollar one to this thing because holy shit, like there is some there there is some just awful parts to this thing. Uh, the acting is not good. I, I think they found. They found uh, a guy to play Grant who, you know, kind of resembles him, which is fine. He seems like a decent enough actor, although he must have lung cancer by now because that dude smoked a thousand cigars. And I really do think that's where most of the budgeting went is, hey, we need to have this dude smoke 8,000 cigars the entire fucking time across the three episodes. But it's... uh. Yeah, there are some parts where you you know you hear some of these actors like, "Sir, sir, the enemy is approaching to the rear flank," and just the way that the guy says it is is hilarious and it's bad. But hey, you know, what do I know? I'm not a movie producer. Never claimed to be. But uh, the the General Sherman, oh, kind of lousy. Made him look like, you know, too old and not grizzled enough. He he looked almost like a, you know, post-military Sherman. Not post, but like later military Sherman. He was the, the general of the army. Uh, but it was weird. Uh, Lincoln, I, I had this discussion with my wife. Every Lincoln sounds the same. There's no actual recording of what the man sounded like. For all we know, he had a fucking squeaky, high-pitched voice. He died. I had to look this up because I was curious. He died 12 years before Thomas Edison invented um, the phonograph. I think it was the phonograph. So there's no, there's no recording of the man's voice, yet every Lincoln has that weird tone. You know, sort of gravelly, not quite, you know, I, I don't know, but it's, it's it's a gravelly, slow cadence. They all sound the same, and there's really no reason for it. I don't get it. But it's, you know, way too many commercials in, in the second hour. I mean, way too many commercials. I think the second episode was a little bit better commercial-wise than the first. But there were just too many in that in the second hour of the first episode. Just ungodly. It's ridiculous. But it's been good overall. And I don't think I don't think Grant has uh, had the kind of run that he really should when he essentially saved the union from embarrassment. But ooh, it's like ooh, he'd like to drink. Ooh, as if. As if drinking in the 1850s and 1860s was somehow so frowned upon to make the man resign was just simply astonishing. Never, I've, I've yet to figure that out. It's almost as if post-war, 
reconstruction, all of a sudden, hey, drinking is fine now. And then it gets so fucking out of hand that they that prohibition comes in the early uh, 20th century. It's like that gap in there must have been wild. But uh, he was an exceptionally gifted man militarily. And he got there almost by accident. His father enrolled him in West Point. He didn't even know. I didn't know that part. Very interesting. And, and I've enjoyed it. I'm curious to see uh, what comes up in the third episode during, you know, his hand in Reconstruction and and how they sort of frame that. I think that'll be good. This is a, a terribly interesting a segment of the show for all of you who don't give two fucks about history. But that's your fucking loss, and this is my fucking show. So if I want to talk about it, I will. And I'm going to talk about it some more. General Sherman? General Sherman is uh, the biggest badass in the entire Civil War pantheon. How there hasn't been a big-budget Civil War drama based on his campaign, his march to the sea is beyond me. A real miss for Hollywood. It could be that there really wasn't much drama. He basically fucking steamrolled from Atlanta to Savannah. Scorched fucking earth. I mean, this guy... The shit that they did to Georgia... I I was reading this this morning. Apparently rebuilding from the damage that he caused, at least agriculturally, did not really get back to where it was until the 1920s, which is just fucking astonishing. Railroad tie. I mean, the man would, they would dismantle railroads, twist them up around fucking telephone poles so that the Confederates couldn't be resupplied. Fascinating. There's a couple of good books out there, General Sherman. His memoir was horribly long, very, very drawn out. Um, I, I think I got through like maybe half of it. It's basically two books in, in one, about 600, 700 pages. Very, very long, too long. Um, but his, uh, his, his diary entries or his correspondence from that particular period in the civil war is that's out. That's a book. You should find that it's good. But, um, yeah, they, they fucking burned Atlanta to the ground and then he just kept on going and he offered Lincoln, the city of Savannah as a Christmas present. On Christmas Eve. Cute. Very cute. Sherman was a badass. He was a he, very interesting character. Uh, so I've spent spent the last few days doing some homework in regards to uh, building a podcast. And yeah, especially seeing as I don't have a job still. Uh, handful. I had an interview this morning with a, a, a company who assists nonprofits. And so I thought, oh, okay, they might have some scruples, some morals. I was, I don't want to say sadly mistaken, but just a horribly boring interview. 
25 minutes of my life. I'll never get back. Um, but you know, so why don't I try to make this somewhat serious and see where this can go? My guess is nowhere, but I'm not going to know unless I try. So it looks like the best bet for any measure of success, quote unquote, would be to talk about what I know also, quote unquote, no, uh, which as I also mentioned previous is very little. So it certainly doesn't mean that I'm not going to bitch about other shit because that's the crux of the program. But let's be honest, if I'm going to build any kind of real audience, I, I have to provide any, you know, at least some sort of perceived value. So, you know, it, it's... That that typically means I am going to have to talk about sports a little bit more. And again, it's not really where, where I wanted to go as a whole. However, again, it's an easy platform. There's also 18,000 sports podcasts out there. So I was hoping to differentiate myself a little bit. And I think I can. I think I don't want it to be entirely sports. I'm not going to be way too fucking serious about it. Again, I I do want to have people on the show. I do want to have conversations. So those are easy conversations to have. There are th- certain things you can talk about. As I, you know, I, I uh, my conversation with Scott, one of the things that came up was, you know, fantasy, gambling. You know, I also going to talk about human cockfighting, you know, MMA, um, fucking pro wrestling. If you don't like that, turn this shit right off. Do not besmirch me with your pro wrestling hate. I still love it. Still real to me, damn it. But, you know, there's going to be some, it's going to be more sports. Because, again, that's all I know. Uh, Good news. Did get some voicemails um, over the course of last week. So, uh, got a couple, couple good ones that I'm going to play. Hopefully, uh, you like them. I know I liked them and, uh, you know, yeah, hopefully this will, uh, give you the listener, uh, the, uh, wherewithal to participate in the program and, uh, join in on all the fun. Hey Dave, Isaac, long time, no talk. Um, a little bit late getting into listening to your podcast, but I like it. It is enjoyable. Makes me miss the days of going to a bar and having a conversation. But hey, here's here's an object. Here's a complaint and observation for you. I'm at Home Depot the other day because my daughter wanted to plant cucumbers in the backyard, so I went to get some seeds. So here I am at Home Depot, and I'm stuck waiting in line for like 20 minutes. It's early in the morning on a Saturday. This is like a 20,000 square foot warehouse, probably bigger than that. I don't know. There's 25 people in the whole building. Why do I have to wait in line? They're just letting people in every couple minutes. So I'm pissed about waiting in line at Home Depot to buy seeds because I want to go home and plant them and then wait six months for a goddamn cucumber to grow. And here I am upset that I have to wait in line for 20 minutes to buy the seeds. But in my defense, I'm already waiting six months. Why do I have to wait another 30 minutes? It was just, oh, I was so mad. Couldn't believe it. Anyways, talk to you later. Uh, old friend Isaac coming through uh, as I 
uh, suspected that he would when I saw that he had uh, left a, a voice message, and he's not wrong. There should be a special line at Home Depot for seeds. If you're buying seeds or plants, they should let you through much quicker because the payoff, as Isaac mentioned, is way too fucking long. And look, I like planting shit. I'm just horribly impatient. So I planted shit last year. Half of it died. I got two pounds of kale, which was dynamite for me, but nothing else. Like the tomatoes, yeah, I fucked those up. But yeah, he's not wrong. You have to wait all that time just to wait longer. Classic. That's a classic bit. And he's not wrong by any means. So uh, bravo, Isaac. Thank you for sharing. That's how you get involved with complaints and observations. Perfect. I expect nothing less from Isaac, who uh, one of my oldest friends and uh, that that dude's had his shit together since probably we were sixteen. So good for Isaac. Better than better than you, probably. If I had to guess, but better than most. Good dude. And also, uh, one of the few listeners of this program from outside the Greater New England area. So, thank you, Isaac. Please tell your friends, tell your colleagues. They're all smarter than me. I'm sure they'll enjoy listening to dumb people uh, in a podcast. So thank you. Uh, On to the next. Hey, Dave, I got an idea for you. Why don't you take a page out of your buddy Rick's book? Every time you have a complaint or observation, how about you ghost it? Because they suck. See, it's Scott Saturday. That sucks. Oh, man. That's funny. Uh, rude, but funny. Uh, another old friend, that's Jack. Uh, Jack, you know, he's uh, he's very honest. What can you say? On multiple fronts. Uh, that was recorded previously prior to last weekend's uh, barbecue at Scott's place. Um, so, but, you know, I, I will do no such thing. If I would you know, do that, I wouldn't have a program. So, yeah, that's all I got. But that was funny. I enjoyed that. So thank you, Jack. And again, if you want to send something in, say that I suck, that's fine. I'll add it to the show. But you have to be concise. You have to be clear. Um, You know, and even if you're wrong, that's okay. It's fine. If you're funny, you'll get on the show. That was funny. I liked that. So thank you, Jack. Keep them coming. So that was fun. Uh, Thank you guys for uh, participating. Uh, If anybody else is interested, please uh, do so. There is a tab um, within the show page on the platform that you're choosing to uh, listen. Wow. This is the third time now I've started this segment. And it's the third time that I've completely fucked it up. I don't know what what that was about. Brutal. I, I just spent a little more than an hour on a, uh, you know, like a, a podcast learning conference call thing and uh, realized I'm doing this all wrong. But it's okay. It's fine. I'm doing it how I want to do it. So 
it is what it is. It might be some changes here and there, but you know, nothing drastic other than trying to find a focus, which I think is what I'm going to end up having to do. So having said that, um, I wanted to thank Isaac, thank Jack for sending in your calls. Appreciate it. I thank the other people for sending in calls as well. Uh, they just weren't as good. That's all. Uh, if you want to be part of the show, don't suck. Pretty simple. Um, but I wanted to get into a couple things that have kind of stuck in my craw here um, over the course of the last couple of days. First and foremost is um, baseball. Now, I am not surprised that we are in the current state we are in with baseball because I knew right when this whole thing started, I knew that baseball would be the one to fuck this whole thing up. And that's exactly what they've done. Uh, they've managed to make both sides look like shit. Having said that, I mean, the owners are clearly in the wrong here. Then the players are just too stupid to eloquently say what they need to say. So you have like this Blake Snell guy, you know, he's, he's in the middle of playing video games or some shit when he had that comment recorded. But I got to get mine. All right. Well, that's fine. I mean, you do. It's part of the deal. It's your job. You got to get yours. It's fine. Just if you don't say, I got to get mine and sound like a moron. You know, you don't need to. You don't need to say shit perfectly in order to get your point across. But, you know, he should have known that that was going to be taken a certain way before it even came out of his mouth chose not to do it, so now he looks like an idiot, and therefore all the players in the league look like idiots when that's not the case. So, you know, you have guys like Max Scherzer who's come out and is basically like, what's the point of even engaging with the owners anymore? Um, you know, his statement was perfectly spot on, and it was text-based, which also helps. There's no tone, so he doesn't sound like an idiot. Uh he makes a really good point here. Quote, we have previously negotiated a pay cut in the version of prorated salaries, and there's no justification to accept a second pay cut based upon the current information the union has received. End quote. He is 1,000% correct. They basically agreed to prorated salaries. You know, look, for playing 81 games, they're not going to get paid for 162, which is what their contract calls for. Seems pretty simple. Should have been very reasonable. However, uh, the owners didn't see it that way. So they're trying to cut this down even further, making themselves look like shit, even though for some weird reason, the general public seems to want to shit on the players. Well, they're making so much money. Ah, shut the fuck up. It's the market. They're paid what the market allows. There's a market for baseball, even though baseball sucks now, you know, more than it, it used to. It's gotten so, you know, particular and, and specialized that it's taken some of the, the fun and the excitement out of the game, which is sad. It's the first game that I personally fell in love with, and I'm sure most of the people that are listening that happen to give a shit about sports might be like the same. I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you, but, you know. So, you know, there were rules. There were, when you sign rules, what the fuck am I saying? Rules. 
when you sign a contract, you honor the contract. That's how it works. Both sides are supposed to do that. They came to an agreement back in March. Hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to prorate the salaries based on the number of games that we play. Perfect. Well, once it got into May, or probably the end of April is when the owners started sniffing around, saying, eh, we might need to change this. Well, you know, you can't. You can't do that. That is, that's dirty pool, is what it is. And and quite frankly, I I think it's really stupid, and I think to think otherwise is just flat out wrong. That's what I think. I would I would hope that the people listening to this program think the same way. I could be wrong. But, you know, the owners seem to think that they can make up for extended losses, which, again, I don't understand. They increased revenue by about $400 million from roughly 10.3 to 10.7 billion in 2019 according to Forbes. That's the amount of money that they're citing they're going to lose if no games were played at all. Roughly 400 million. I think it was like 443 is the number that they cited. They're going to play games at some point. Might be 81, might be 62, I don't fucking know. But they're going to play some games. The TV revenue, which is where they make a majority of their money, is still going to come. It'll be less, but it's still coming. It's still going to have a postseason. Still going to get ratings. I, you know, And I'm certain that people are going to be so fucking starved for sports when it comes back that they're actually going to sit and watch baseball. That's what I, I mean. I, for one, I ain't watching a single fucking inning of the Red Sox this year. Let's go Padres. Not really. I don't know. I just... The Red Sox pissed me off so much that I'm I'm all set with them. If they if they don't play baseball at all, I would not be hurt by that. I'd be disappointed that these children couldn't get their fucking shit together, come to an agreement. But having said that, the owners had an agreement and they want to change it. So fuck them. Like I don't how am I supposed to have why should I feel pity for them? And it's not even like the Oh, they're so rich thing. I mean, look, that's a small part of it. But how many time any agreements are you going to break? It doesn't, that does not, that does not make me feel any sorrow for these people. One, knowing that you're absurdly rich and this doesn't matter. This is dropping the bucket for you. That 443 is split amongst all the teams. So it's not like one guy is losing half a billion dollars. If that was the case, all right, fine. Maybe I'll. I'll feel bad for you, whatever. But I mean, how, I just don't understand how I, as a fan, am supposed to feel pity for that group. The owner of the A's, the other day, doesn't see the need to pay his minor leaguers their their meager $400 a week at the end of this month. And again, I'm supposed to feel pity for these people. Minor leaguers get so fucking shit on in that sport, it's not even funny. That's a whole other topic for another time. It's gross. And now what Major League Baseball is going to do to the minor leagues, that's another topic for another time. That's aggravating. But, you know, there's no plan in place because they don't want to have a plan in place. They just keep fucking moving the goalposts as they see fit to try to you know make sure that they don't lose as much money. Everybody's losing fucking money. Everybody. 
And look, there is zero risk to get into bit into professional sports ownership. Zero. You put up the money, that's it. That's the extent of your obligation. You're done. That asset's going to appreciate forever. And now suddenly the players are being asked to subsidize these supposed losses that they're not even opening their books to show. They refuse to open the books. It's a fucking state secret. The expenses, the revenue, it's all hearsay. I mean, even that Forbes article that I, you know, it's, uh, quote, according to industry sources who spoke on the condition of anonymity, end quote. The end of that is, that also marks the 17th consecutive year that Major League Baseball has seen record growth. 17 fucking years in a row of record growth. And now they want labor to subsidize their single season losses. That's fucking laughable. And it's it's gross is what it is. Like why the fucking balls on these people. It's astounding. On the flip side, the NHL, of all the fucking leagues I thought that would get their shit together, the NHL was neck and neck with Major League Baseball for dead last. Yet, here they are, and I have to listen to New York attorney Gary Bettman ramble on about a relatively detailed plan. I don't think... I think the plan's kind of stupid. Well, I shouldn't even say that. That's not the right, that's not the tone I want to take. Dumb? Okay. In some regards, but not all. 24 teams in this playoff format that they have. And it's it's only 24 to try to squeeze money out of New York, Chicago, Montreal. Three terrible teams this year. Chicago especially. I mean, the Rangers are, I mean, okay, but Chicago and Montreal, like, get the fuck out of here. You don't belong there. And, and I heard I heard Felger yesterday, well, you know, the Bruins could lose to Montreal because of that whole bugaboo blaze. Montreal stinks this season. I have zero concerns with the Canadiens. Fuck them. At the same time, I get it. The league needs to generate any sort of revenue that they can because of the four major sports they are number four. So, you know, you try to generate whatever you can. Okay. Um, it, it fucks the Bruins, if we're being fair. You're not going to hear anything from from them saying they're getting screwed. That's you're not that's not going to happen. But I think it puts a lot of pressure on them to uh, to come out of this and perform. They were far superior to pretty much everybody in the regular season, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Now, I mean, do I think they could steamroll and get to the get to the final again? Sure. At the same time, I could see them losing in the first or second round or whatever the fuck it is after the seeding tournament and 
I don't even, I, I can't, the format of this whole fucking thing stinks. I just, I, I just don't like it. It doesn't feel good personally, but again, it's better than nothing. And it's a plan whether or not it comes to fruition. I don't think anybody knows, but as of today, they'll probably play some games in Vegas. They'll probably play some games in Columbus, Ohio, bucolic, beautiful Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio is probably a a shithole. For all I know, I don't know. Never been there. No desire to go. But now, imagine for the team that wins this thing, or for any of these leagues this year, uh, a championship parade. Non-existent. Ain't happening. That would suck. You're invested in a team. Let's say, let's say there's a team that's, you know, never won a uh, a championship. All of a sudden, they they come out of this this thing, uh, revved up, raring to go, and, and do very well. Happen to win win the title, and no one's there to see it. It's a giant asterisk next to it because it's always going to be the you know, abbreviated playoffs or abbreviated season or, you know, uh, the fucking COVID cup, as I saw on Twitter the other day. They won the cup, but no one was there to see it. They won the title, and there was nobody in the stands. Amazing. And it, that sucks. However, uh, Liverpool winning the EPL and having nobody there to see it, Love it. That's going to be terrific. You're going to fucking raise the cup, raise the trophy in an empty stadium, all the pomp and circumstance, and all you're going to hear is uh, uh, just a bunch of gibberish from the players. And the downside to that is, like, Jurgen Klopp, I I personally, I think I, I love that guy. What a fucking coach he is. It just sucks that he's the manager at Liverpool because fuck Liverpool. But um, when the Premier League comes back in a couple of weeks, I mean, that's going to be nonstop soccer every almost every day of the week for a month plus. Um, West Ham is absolutely getting re- relegated. I can feel that coming. I it shouldn't say that. I don't want to jinx it. But uh they've just been so snake bitten. And they should be so much better. So much better than they are, but they're not. It's disappointing. But I'm I'm holding out hope. If the season dead did end today, they would stay up. But I don't know. I I said Months ago that I needed to get ready to watch championship football, soccer, I should say, for most of my audience. But, um, yeah, so looking forward to that. That should be good. But listen, I've kept you guys way too long. This has been a hodgepodge show. And I think the last two segments are kind of where the direction of the show is going. There's going to – I'm still going to have – 
some stuff like the three gripes and all the random shit that I like to talk about on Mondays. I, I think that's kind of cool. So I hope that's kind of cool. But based on uh, the handful of numbers that I have from my first six shows, uh, it seems uh, as if anytime I talk about sports, that's the bump. So, um, so that's good. If you have suggestions, let me know. If you want to be on the show, let me know. Let's get this cranking. Let's get this moving. I've got nothing but fucking time right now. Uh, the job search, slowing down. Started off like a fucking ball of fire. Uh, but, you know, that interview that I had today that I told you about earlier, meh. It's kind of meh. So, whatever. Um, but, yeah. Anyways, thank you. Episode 7 in the books. Tell your friends. Godspeed. Ta-ta.